Hello, and welcome to Tech Talk, a physical therapy podcast by technicians at Texas Tech. Today we have our first episode ever, and I would want to greet Emily. Thank you so much. I believe it's Emily Brown. No, yep. is that correct? Yep. Newly Brown. married. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and for now, I want to go ahead and introduce our team members. So we're going to kind of go around the table and introduce ourselves. First off, my name is Case Dansizer. I'm a senior at Texas Tech and a kinesiology major. Uh, my name is Ruben Moya. I just graduated with a bachelor's in kinesiology at Texas Tech. My name is Austin Abney. I'm a senior kinesiology major at Texas Tech. My name is Grace Snyder, and I'm also a kinesiology major and a junior. And my name is Ariana Rodriguez, and I'm a senior at Texas Tech studying kinesiology. Awesome. And I'm Emily Brownlee. I'm a new grad physical therapist. I graduated from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center with my DPT in May of 21. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, I think we're going to just start off with a discussion about how you got here into this clinic. Um, Just a little bit of clarification. We all work together, and uh, that's how we met, and it was a pleasure meeting you. But how did you make it to working as a doctor of physical therapy here? So I uh, went to Texas Tech for undergrad as well. I got my degree in cell and molecular biology. Um, I graduated... See, I think 2017. Mm-hmm. It's been a, no 2015, mm-hmm. rather. And then I um, got into tax PT school. Um, graduated in 21. Um, I got this job with a temporary license in June, so I've been practicing for about six months now. Um, took my licensure exam at the end of July and found out that I passed in August. Ooh, so permanent yeah. license since August. <laughs> so y'all didn't get rid of me. <laughs> but yeah, so I am a new grad PT um, and we're at an outpatient orthopedic clinic. Um, lots of post-ops and kind of just general aches and pains that we work with here. So. Awesome. And- just another kind of introduction. How did you find a passion for physical therapy? Did you know when you were going through that biology undergrad that this is what you wanted to do? Or is there a certain event that caused you to find that this is what you wanted to do? Um, so I originally was actually pre-med. I, um, for a very long time, since I was like 12 years old, I knew I wanted to be a surgeon. Um, my mother and grandmother both had breast cancer um, the same year and I was very involved in their care and I was that little kid with my notepad of questions for the physicians and they were very patient and answered all my questions um, that I had and so that's why I majored in cell and molecular biology I started studying for my MCAT um, getting ready to apply for medical school and I was doing rotations observing with my uncle who's a cardiologist and I loved the job. I thought it was just so cool. I was so excited. Um, but I took a look at his wife's life and I just thought that's so difficult for the spouse. They have to sacrifice so much. Um, and I also just felt really discouraged that, you know, our amount of time spent with patients was like five, 10 minutes tops. And I would ask my uncle, how do you know that that's what's going on? Um, that seems like you didn't really spend a whole lot of time. Like, how do you know that's what's going on? And they'd say, well, it, it most likely is. Statistically, it probably is that. And I just wasn't super comfortable with that. Um, 
I wanted to dive deeper and really get to the root cause of the whole person and what's going on with them. So my aunt actually had me follow her physical therapist. She was being treated for vestibular stuff and I just fell in love with it. I was like, you get to spend an hour with a patient. That is so cool. You get to actually (laughs) know these people and they open up to you and um, totally changed my track. And I started applying for physical therapy school. So. And to kind of piggyback off that, I remember you talking a little bit about how hard it was on the spouse. Uh, as in, you're obviously newly married, as we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that work and life um, kind of conundrum that you have so much time spent either studying during PT school and as you're working into the clinic now? Um, you know, I think the most valuable skill you'll learn as a student, um, a professional, anything is balance. Um, and no one is an expert at it, but trying to keep your priorities in check and your relationships being one of them. Um, So, you know, I think there's a a certain amount throughout school, you're just going to be stressed. It's going to be hard. Um, And you have to be able to lean on the people around you, but you also have to not lean on them too hard. Um, You have to find other outlets and ways to work through what you're going through um and also make time to spend with them as well that's not related to what you're studying or or working on Um, being able to leave school at school sometimes or leave work at work Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of practice and i'm not perfect at it by any means um Mm -hmm. but anything you can do to kind of keep some balance will will go a long way emily you mentioned some outlets uh Mm -hmm. some other outlets what are some personal outlets for you that helped you? Um, so I am a huge gym rat. I, I love lifting. Um, I have developed a, a passion for running as well. Um, and I have a bunch of dogs, so <laughs> spending time with them, going on walks, um, anything that just kind of gets my body moving helps my mind to relax. At least for me, that's been very helpful. Mm-hmm. You mentioned um, your day in the life and kind of what you did outside the clinic, but what does like a day in the life in the clinic look like for you? What's like a normal day look like? Um, so I've changed my schedule a little bit since I started, but I work anywhere from seven to nine hours, um, Monday through Friday. You know, we're in this setting, you know, it's not like the hospital or anything like that. You have a pretty set schedule. You know when you're going to be here, you're not going to get called in or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. Um, But I see anywhere from one to two patients an hour, depending on how busy we are. Um, I have you technicians to help me out to help Mm -hmm. balance when I do have multiple patients so there's no gap in care with them. Um, But I treat a range of orthopedic, um, occasionally neuro, um, vestibular cases um, with patients anywhere from kiddos to geriatric patients um so yeah so uh i know we talked a little bit about neuro and recently me and you have had some conversations about um uses of all your studying kind of paying off things that you learned in school really helping you to thrive in this job and i think i really admire you because of the success you've had in here and the attention that you give to patients 
Um, can you name maybe a situation where the amount of studying that you did in grad school or even undergrad helped you out in the clinic? Oh, man. I So this is one point where I want to brag on tech um, because they just do a phenomenal job in their physical therapy program um, in teaching you what to pick up on and why it's important and what to do about it. So even if you haven't thought about it once since that class, when you hear a patient say something, your spidey senses tingle and you go, this is what I need to do now. Um, And it's important because we are gradually becoming a direct access state um, and we need to be able to pick up on things that are not appropriate for physical therapy and to know how to navigate a patient back to a physician to get them properly taken care of. Um, So... I've actually had like three major occurrences um, where I found something that wasn't really traditional PT, like it needed further attention. I think the most dramatic one was a, a patient that I evaluated on my first clinical rotation as a third year student. Um, they came in with lumbar radiculopathy was what the script said. And upon examination, I just knew this does not fit. That's not what's going on. It may be a piece of the puzzle, but there's something else. Um, More central nervous system going on. I knew it was either with the brain or the spinal cord. Um, There were signs, you know, that there was some involvement in the thoracic and cervical regions, and that just didn't fit. So having had all of the proper training I knew immediately, you know, the course to take and we contacted their physician and tried to work with them to see um, how they wanted us to proceed. And they came back into the clinic 24 hours later with much more dramatic symptoms of a change in gait, a change in vision, a change in memory um, that were pretty significant. And so um, fortunately and unfortunately, eventually they got the proper treatment that they needed all along and they found out that they had a glioblastoma Mm -hmm. and if i would not have picked up on that that may have continued to have gone undiagnosed Mm -hmm. so it was it was sad and i really felt for the patient i i went home and pulled my eyes out Mm -hmm. but it was such a relief that i was trained to find what i needed to find and that i knew what to do so kind of just going off of that, how would you say the culture of the program set you up for like moments like these where you knew what to do? Like how did the program like help you get to that point to where you felt confident? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff you're going to learn in PT school. That's just, you need to learn this nerve and you need to learn this muscle and you know, there's a lot of that, but I think they do a beautiful job of teaching you how to think clinically and that's something they'll really drive home and so in every year that you go through there are multiple courses where you do this um differential diagnosis was kind of the biggest one where they just go hey here's this patient and this is what they say what are you thinking why you know let's go down those trails what are you going to do next and it really set you up for okay do you know what to do if something crazy comes in? Can you recognize it and what are you gonna do about it? Um, But knowing how to screen properly, we had um, history and systems, 
screening, um, and that's a huge one, knowing how to properly screen for what you're treating and also things that you should not be seeing that are not normal. Um, how to determine, is this a yellow flag, a red flag? What do I do? Do I refer and treat? Do I treat? Do I just refer? Um, so I think they're really good at throwing scenarios at you throughout your entire education to make sure that you know how to process those things and think on your feet. Because um, it's not always going to be cookie cutter and it's not always going to be something you can just regurgitate. You have to be able to figure it out. So we're talking about how good the program is. Um, your steps in getting into the program, what mindset did you have in the application process? And what would you say made you stand out the most in your application? Um, so I'm probably an abnormal applicant because most people that I know applied to several different programs, like five plus and had several different interviews. And um, I only applied to Texas Tech and I owned my house and everything. So I was like, please don't make me leave Lubbock because there's the three, there's Lubbock, Amarillo and Odessa campuses. And when you get an offer, they're like, this is the campus we're offering you, you know, take it or leave it. You don't get any, you know, you have to move or, de you know, decline the offer. So I'm probably an abnormal applicant, but for me, I had a, an okay GPA. Um, my undergrad was very challenging, so it wasn't as high as I'm sure other applicants were. Um, I had fantastic letters of recommendation from professors, from other physical therapists that I had worked around or learned from. Um, I had a good amount of volunteer hours. I actually never worked as a tech. I think that would have been really beneficial, um, but with my change of course, I, that just never happened. Um, I know with tech, the interview is like everything. If you get your foot in the door and you get that interview, the interview is what they really care about. They wanna see who are you? What have you been through? How do we know that you're gonna represent us well? Because what is your character? And can you dig deep and push through this? Cause it's tough. It's not going to be a breeze. Um, and they wanna pour into people and they wanna invest and make good investments ultimately. Um, so I think for me, I had a, you know, a really personal reason why I wanted to be a PT. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, someone saying like, well, I want to help people, you know, it's great. But, you know, if you have a personal story as to why it's your why, you know, this is why when it's tough, I'm still going to keep going. This is why I'm going to keep digging deep and learning more. Um, because it personally matters to you. I think that's what they're really looking for, mm -hmm. that you'll have that grit to push through and be ultimately be, an, um, as they, they always like to say, an excellent physical therapist, not just an okay or mediocre physical therapist. Going back to the interview, do you have any tips or advice for preparing for that? Or maybe even some questions you remember that you could tell us about? Um, so again, I know text is quite a bit different than a lot of other programs. Um, I definitely heard some students say like they had several different people interviewing them at once and it was very intimidating and it was kind of asking a lot of questions and trying to trip you up. And, um, that's not how my interview was at all. It was very personal. It was very laid back. It was a conversation. Um, and I had Dr. Allen interview me. Um, he was my favorite professor in PT school. No offense to the rest of y'all, you were all <laughs> awesome. Um, but his question that he asked me was, 
what is something really, really difficult that you've been through in your life and how did you overcome it? And I've lived quite a bit of life in my 29 years. So I was like, <laughs> oh, which one am I even going to pick? Um, and so I just, I loved that. It was all about, you know, are you going to have the grit to push through this? And, you know, are you going to let it freak you out if you make a bee? Because you're going to make some bees. It's just going to happen. Um, and are you going to be able to dig deep and keep going? So the best advice I have is just be yourself, be honest, but come in with a really solid understanding of who you are and why this is what you want and why you are going to fight for it harder than the other applicants. Um, I think in, in physical therapy, we're not quite as cutthroat as some of the other professions when we're applying to stuff, but there definitely is a huge competitive component to it obviously so Mm -hmm. just you know being honest about your why and why you want it so badly and why you're going to be successful Mm -hmm. so kind of continue on the interview track um when you're applying for this job um can you talk to us about the process of how you got here and how the interview went when you're actually applying to jobs and kind of how that process would go for a new student out of grad school. Yeah. Um, So I actually did not do a rotation here. That's what um, every other therapist here had a rotation here, and that's how they uh, were familiar with McCombs and Associates. Um, I, my last rotation, I did at a similar outpatient orthopedic clinic, um, and they thought really highly of this clinic, so I had heard the name. Um, and actually our boss had contacted our program director and had said, Hey, we're hiring. Will you please send this to everybody? Mm -hmm. So I got an email through my school email advertising this position was available. Um, and I, it kind of already felt like a God thing to me that I knew really good things about it. And then we got this email. So I was going to sit on it and apply for it. And then I got a second email about it that same day. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to sit on it. I'm going to apply right now. Mm-hmm. Sent my resume, kind of, you know, explained what I was passionate about, what I was wanting to do with my career. And uh, I got a text that same day. Hey, love to interview you. Win works for you. Um, came in and interviewed. And I think the big thing with this job, which it'll definitely vary from place to place, mm-hmm. um, but it was really about who are you, what are your values, and do they fit with our values? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important no matter where you're wanting to work, what setting, um, what makes you um, excited to be a physical therapist, whether that's acute care, outpatient, whatever. Um, Keep in mind that you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Um, I think as a student, we're so used to being so humble which is good, um, but it can be, it can be a little bit um, blinding, because you have to think about this is going to be your job. You know, this is where you're going to work every day. Is this the kind of environment you want to work in? Are these the people you want to spend all of your time with? Um, are they going to put you in positions that you're not comfortable with, or are they going to support your values and um, keep your license safe? You know, not put you in compromising positions. Um, are they going to be open to your ideas that you have? Are they going to help you grow? Are they going to be open to what you want to do? Um, or is it their way or the highway, you know? So 
just kind of keeping in mind it's it's an interview on both sides uh, and be humble but keep that in mind speaking on like post-graduation and applying here and getting the job what did that transition look like from PT school to now you're working here as a physical therapist were you working under somebody for a little bit or did you just jump right in to it what did that kind of look like Um, So I was on a temporary license um, until I passed my board exam. So I did have to have supervision. That's part of your temporary license. Um, And I always recommend, you know, really read the Practice Act, understand what you're allowed to do, what you're not. Um, Don't just take someone's word for it. Do your own research. Um, So I had to be supervised. But ultimately, you know, I was kind of given free range of, you know how to do this. You've done rotations. you know, I had a little bit of guidance of like, this is how we like to do things. Um, but I was doing full evaluations and treating a full caseload in a week or two. Um, so, which I, I'm somebody who piles a lot on their plate. So <laughs> I graduated PT school. And then while I was starting my first job as a PT, I was studying for the boards, which the program will discourage you from, and I think for, for good reason at some times, you know, it's a lot to juggle working and studying for such a huge, important exam. Um, and if you don't pass, you will forfeit your provisional license. So, you know, it is a risk to, to uh, try to juggle both of those things. But then I also was planning my wedding and moving at the same time. So I just piled it all on. Uh, but it worked out great, um, passed, and uh, learned a lot through the process. So awesome. So post-graduation, um, everyone thinks you're done with school and you don't have to study anymore. But that's not the case for most healthcare providers. I always see you watching videos and studying for more uh, other techniques and whatnot. Could you tell us about those uh, types of um, programs that you look into? Yeah, for sure. Um, So shortly after starting here, Spencer had asked me if I was interested in pelvic health. um, And the little bit of experience I had had, I really wasn't. Um, But the more I dove into it, I saw what a huge need there is for this, especially in Texas. Um, So I have been working on my certification in pelvic health through the APTA. Um, And, you know, as as a PT, you have to renew your license every two years and you have to take 30 continuing ed course hours. Um, I'm probably gonna double that in this year alone. (laughs) But um, I think the cool thing is if this is really the career path that's for you, if that's what you were made to do, you're going to be passionate about it and you're going to want to learn more to serve your patients better. Um, It's definitely a lot when you're going through school and you will feel burned out and go, I never want to study anything ever again. I know I felt that way after the board exam, but you just, if it's really what you're passionate about, then it'll be interesting to you. And that's the cool thing is after school, you can study whatever you want. You can study what interests you. It's not something you're just studying because you have to. So I think that makes it really rewarding. And you can think about who are the patients that I love working with who fill me up and make me you know, proud that this is what I do and then learn how to better serve them and help them heal. 
And to kind of come full circle, um, for a lot of our listeners who are undergrad or hopeful PTs and have found that motivation, and that drive to do it because they love it, what are some things you might have done differently or some things you were happy that you did when you were in our position in undergrad? Um, I think for me, so I started PT school when I was a little bit older than y'all probably are. Um, cause I just took a, a different route. Um, it took me a lot longer to finish my undergrad cause I just had a lot of personal things going on. Um, and then changing paths, you know, it just took me a little bit longer. So I'd had a lot of life experience. So I feel like that gave me perspective. So when a test didn't go well, I didn't lose my mind and lose all confidence that I'd ever get through, you know, I mean, you're still going to have days where you're really disappointed in yourself or you're frustrated. Um, but having that experience was so helpful for me to keep everything in perspective. I think perspective is the biggest, um, you know, you have to keep in mind, like on the long journey of your career, this is just a moment and it'll pass and it won't define you. Um, so I think as much as you can, just trying to soak up life experiences and perspectives and really digging into who are you and why is this what you wanna do? Um, and just figuring out where your niche in this career mm-hmm. is going to be and what fills you up. Yeah. And as we're kind of approaching the 30 minute mark now, um, patients kind of coming in i'd like to end on a question that is for you to kind of ask or maybe something that we didn't cover today that you wanted to talk about um you've given us a ton of great advice and thank you again but is there anything maybe that you wish we asked you or that you wanted to talk about during this podcast i mean i think y'all had fantastic questions and i think that's um, really the sign of people who truly are, are designed for this career. Um, when I've seen um, applicants or young students who have a lot of questions, that's always the sign that like y'all are in the right place. Um, when you stop having questions and you start thinking you know everything, that's the problem. Because um, none of us know everything. I'll fully admit I've got so much left to learn. We all do. Um, but I think ask those questions, like never stop asking questions, you know, stay curious, stay hungry, keep pushing, um, and get as many perspectives as you can. Cause my answers might be different than someone else's, but they'll be equally valuable to you. Well, thank you again. And we already talked a little bit about maybe doing a part two. So, uh, just to conclude, thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. We all do. Um, hopefully we get to talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for tuning in. Bye.